So only bringing good vibes, oh Feeling myself, you could see it in my smile And I sing it, oh Don't worry about me when I in a zone Free up yourself cause you already know around the world logged on to qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse thank you so much it is monday july 25th yep the month is almost at a close it's also move it monday so Castali, we gotta start the week off with high energy right Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on Twitter at me, Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with, underscore me, underscore media. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel as well. Well, go ahead and subscribe. Get those notifications. Uh, turn on that notification bell, right? Uh, bell, not bill. Bill, wow. That's all I have in front of me. Bills, right? Those come like clockwork. No matter what's going on, they're on time. Yeah. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in international news. Pope lands in Canada set for apologies to indigenous groups. Russia says strike on Ukrainian port hit military targets. 
In news out of North America, investigation underway after woman having schizophrenic episode dies falling out of police car. Tennessee police officer placed on administrative leave following violent arrest of black man. West Virginia man dies in custody after being accused of brutal attack that left his sister in a coma. Former Donald Trump advisor Steve Bannon found guilty of contempt of Congress. In business and tech news, parents of 10-year-old girl call out American Airlines after they canceled her connecting flight without telling them. Latest airline troubles makes customers pay up to $35 to speak with an airline agent on the phone. Disney Parks change fairy godmothers in training cast member title to more gender neutral name fairy godmothers apprentices two families are suing tiktok after their children pass away from the viral blackout challenge in health and science news who declares monkeypox outbreak a global emergency in sports news former miami hurricane football player sam bruce died from a heart attack medical examiner reports in the Caribbean corner, boat carrying Haitian migrants sinks off Bahamas, killing 17. Second case of monkeypox confirmed in Jamaica. Jamaica's 4 by 400 meter woman push medal tally to 10 with silver. In entertainment news, Aishana demands equal rights and act with bounty killer prop. Out of Latin America, Cuba Assembly opens door to gay marriage and other family rights. In Believe It or Not News, Alabama man says he's going to put a bullet in President Joe Biden. Baltimore County woman shoots her husband for allegedly molesting children at her daycare. Colorado man pleads guilty to forgery for voting for Donald Trump with missing wife's ballot. And Mississippi police chief fired after audio footage leaked. I shot that N-word 119 times. In entertainment news, Dave Chappelle opens for Kevin Hart and Chris Rock show at Madison Square Garden. Marvel releases the official trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. R. Kelly says problematic sexual behaviors are Drea Kelly's fault. And Snoop Dogg assault accuser refiles lawsuit against him. We have so much to talk about this morning. We'll be back with the details after this music break. Here is some more soca for us in our Move It Monday Soca Styly session.
Thank you to all our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Tow, world news on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on Twitter at MeMediaMoments and on Instagram, Moments on underscore what underscore me underscore media it is monday move it monday and we do it in soca styling let's get that blood pumping let's get ready to take on the week new day new week new opportunities have that plan and set out on that mission And now it's time for us to get into the details and we're starting off with international news. Pope lands in Canada set for apologies to indigenous groups. The story courtesy of the Associated Press. Pope Francis began a fraught visit to Canada on Sunday to apologize to indigenous peoples for abuses by missionaries at residential schools, a key step in the Catholic Church's efforts to reconcile with native communities and help them heal from generations of trauma. Francis flew from Rome to Edmonton, Alberta, where his welcoming party included Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Mary May Simon, an Inuk who is Canada's first Indigenous Governor-General. Francis had no official events scheduled for Sunday, giving him time to rest before his meeting on Monday today with survivors near the site of a former residential school in Moscowasis, where he's expected to deliver an apology. Aboard the papal plane, Francis told reporters this was a penitential voyage, and he urged prayers in particular for elderly people and grandparents. Indigenous groups are seeking more than just words, though, as they press for access to church archives to learn the fate of children who never returned home from the schools. They also want justice for the abusers, financial reparations, and the return of indigenous artifacts held by the Vatican museums. This apology validates our experiences and creates an opportunity for the church to repair relationships with indigenous peoples across the world. That statement, according to Grand Chief George Arkand Jr. of the Confederacy of Treaty 6. But he stressed, it doesn't end here. There is a lot to be done. It is only a beginning. 
The Canadian government has admitted that physical and sexual abuse were rampant in the government-funded Christian schools that operated from the 19th century to the 1970s. Some 150,000 Indigenous children were taken from their families and forced to attend, all in an effort to isolate them from the influence of their homes, native languages and cultures, and assimilate them into Canada's Christian society. When you read the articles leading up to this one, as we've been doing over the past weeks and months here in Coffee and Toe, more and more you question Christianity. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. But you question the premise, the foundation of Christianity. And I have come to the realization that being a Christian does not mean you have to have an affiliation with a church, the building, right? Because really and truly, the church is the body of Christ, right? It's not a physical building. The physical building is just, in my opinion, a replica um, somewhere that you can gather but inside the building where people gather, the building on its own can do no wrong, can do no right. The building is a structure, has no feeling, no emotion, no senses, can't see, smell, touch, taste, or hear, right? None of that. So we can't blame the building for the atrocities. It's the people. And what resides in the people? Their thoughts, their emotions, their feelings, the things they carry out, the acts that they carry out based upon those feelings, right? And those thoughts. And the more I think about it, it's the, it's the less inclined I am to want to go to the physical building. I'm okay having a relationship with my maker and my savior. I'm okay with that. I don't need to be told I can only validate my belief in Christianity by going to the building and being around people. No. There was a time, you know, when you're growing up, that's what you used to think. But as you get older and your vision becomes clearer, there's clarity through discernment and research unveils certain facts, you can't blame people for being hesitant, reluctant, or not wanting to have anything to do with Christianity at all. Because most atrocities and the largest one we know is the colonization of the globe and our minds. <laughs> they conquered our minds, right? And to this day, they still have conquered our minds. Has been done in the name of Christianity. Killings in the name of Christianity. Enslavement in the name of Christianity. Abuse in the name of Christianity. Rape in the name of Christianity. Robbery 
in the name of Christianity. You think of every single commandment that is given to us has been broken in the name of Christianity. And let's now turn the lens, the microscope, onto the Catholic faith. Yeah, Christianity. Well, they say they're Catholics. Well, what's the difference? I don't know. The atrocities. And here we have in Canada. Well, the Pope is going to face the music, quote-unquote, with an apology. But of course, they want more than, a, more than an apology. And why should the Vatican museums hold on to indigenous artifacts that are stolen? It could mean that they are in agreement with what was done. You're going to apologize, but you want to hold on to the artifacts. You want to hold on to the reminders, the things that belong to people. Give it back to these people. Give it back to them. It's not yours. You already murdered. You stole, you raped, abused. Because you felt that your way is the right way and the only way. You felt that your God is the only God and the right God. And even if you feel that way, it is not your place to enforce it through brutality on a people. You go in love. And it's a person's choice if they choose to follow, endorse, take up, accept, embrace, whatever. So the Vatican has a lot more to do than um, just offer an apology. Russian defense officials insisted Sunday that an airstrike on the Ukrainian port of Odessa hit only military targets, but the attack tested an agreement on resuming grain shipments that the two countries signed less than a day before the assault. Long-range missiles destro destroyed a docked Ukrainian warship and a warehouse holding harpoon anti-ship missiles supplied by the U.S. Defense Ministry spokesman Igor Konashenevkov and said at a daily briefing. Hmm. Speaking late Saturday in his nightly televised address, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said the attack on Odessa destroyed the very possibility of dialogue with Russia. Under the grain shipment agreement obtained by the Associated Press, both Kiev and Moscow agreed not to target vessels and port facilities involved in the initiative, including the ports of Odessa, Chernomorsk, and Yuzhny. And for stories out of North America, <clears throat> excuse me, this one is courtesy of Bola Alert. An investigation has been launched after a mentally ill Georgia woman died after falling out of a patrol car while being taken into custody. The disturbing incident unfolded on July 15th when the mother of Brianna Marie Greer called 911 seeking help for her daughter, who was having a schizophrenic episode. Once deputies arrived at the home in Sparta, Greer's father, Marvin, told them that the young woman had also been drinking. 
The deputies informed the parents that they would detain Greer overnight and get her medical attention the following morning. Hancock County Sheriff Terrell Primus would later visit the family's home and inform Marvin and his wife Mary that Brianna was being airlifted to Grady Hospital in Atlanta after sustaining a head injury. Primus claimed that she kicked her way out of the patrol car, fell and hit her head while deputies transported her to Hancock County Sheriff's Office. Brianna was pronounced dead on July 21st. According to her father, the 28-year-old mother of two had been diagnosed with schizophrenia nearly 10 years earlier. During previous episodes, when they sought help for their daughter, an ambulance was usually dispatched, not police officers. The decision to call emergency dispatchers is weighing heavily on her mother. If I had known that this was going to turn out like this, God knows I would not have called them to come and get her. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation has now taken over the investigation. An official cause of death is pending, according to WMAZ. But why wasn't an ambulance dispatched? Did the mother specifically ask for the police to come? And even if the police came, shouldn't they have... um, asked for a bus to be sent out, uh, an ambulance to be sent out, because this is clearly a medical procedure, not one for her to be taken into custody and held overnight, then given medical treatment. I, I didn't know police officers were now given medical treatment or in a position to determine that that's the order of things in a case where someone has schizophrenia. I, I don't know. Is that what we do now? Or is that how it's done? The cops come. It's a medical condition. They decide to take the person. And then they will decide that the next day she will get medical attention. She needs medical attention now. And I could only imagine how the mother feels. Good morning. Good morning, Javette. That entire scenario sounds sketchy because one, the back door don't open on its own. Two, (laughs) buckled into her seat. I've seen them have people handcuffed, but they still have to put their seatbelts on. So the whole thing is sketchy and it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Yeah, it is sketchy because they say she, they said, let me get my English right. She kicked out the door. She hadn't, of course, she was having an episode. So I'm wondering, how did they even get her in the car if she was having an episode? Did they hold her down and forcibly put her in the back of the police car if she's having a schizophrenic episode? Isn't that similar to Fitz, what we would call Fitz in the islands? Mm, maybe it, it depends okay so you know where i'm headed right what takes place during a schizophrenic episode hmm. <sighs> um i'm gonna assume she was black <laughs> let me go back and see. i, I can find out i can go back and find out that's, that's easy to find out right 
because as a parent and your child is having a medical condition, why would you think it was okay to just let their let her go with the police or deal with the criminal things? See, yeah, these parents are totally up the hell accountable. Unless unless they were out they were also having a schizophrenic moment also because I just cannot see any good rationale on why would they send a child to go to the police knowing that she's going to go to go to the station and not gonna get medical treatment. I don't know. It's curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and so I'm going back to the source um, because it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Uh, that's a valid point, too. Why would you allow the cops to take her? What you should have done is asked the um, cops to see to it that, what you call it? A bus. Yes, she's a black girl. She's a black girl. Um, I don't know where she got the energy from, Rose Solo. That's a good question. Did she turn into all red flags all over the story? Indeed, started with them. And who to tell what they probably told the mother, right? Who's to tell what they probably told the mother? It's okay, we'll take her. We don't know. And see to it that she gets medical treatment. And then the mother probably, in or the parents, I should say, both mother and father, probably in panic mode and so worried about their daughter. And they're looking at it. Yes, yeah, she's going to get help. And because they can't manage her, right, during having, with her having an episode, so they're probably sighing a breath of relief. I don't know. Who is to tell naturalists? That's probably what happened. They're like, you know what? Yes, she's going to get the help. Thank you. But you're right, Javette. Those doors, they're, they're locked. I didn't know you could open them on your own. I didn't even know you could kick them open. Well, she was able to do it, Rosolo. They have questions to answer. Questions that need to be answered. Excuse me. Ten uh, Tennessee officials have placed a police officer on administrative leave while they investigate the violent arrest of a black man who is accused of fleeing from authorities during a routine traffic stop. This one is interesting indeed. Brandon Calloway, 25, was tased and eventually taken down with a police baton during an arrest that was captured on a cell phone and body-worn camera video, authorities said. One of the acting officers involved in the incident has been placed on administrative leave, an official told CNN. Mark Davidson, the district attorney for the 25th Judicial District, has asked the state's Bureau of Investigation to review the case. The incident occurred around 7.30 p.m. July 16 in Oakland, Tennessee, after a police officer identified only as D. Jackson claimed Calloway failed to stop at a stop sign. This is according to the complaint affidavit. Calloway is accused of speeding up to 32 miles per hour in a speed limit of a 20 mile per hour zone, which prompted the officer to follow his vehicle until Calloway turned into a driveway, and ran inside his home. Mr. Calloway jumped out of the driver's seat and started running to the house while reaching into his pockets. 
At that time, Officer Jackson commanded Mr. Calloway to stop, which he refused. When Mr. Calloway was running into the house, he was yelling obscene language, stating, this is my effing house. And I did, and I did stop for the sign. Calloway then went inside his house as another officer who has been identified as Officer Richardson with the Oakland Police Department arrived on the scene. The officers determined Calloway needed to be detained and kicked <coughs> in his front door. Oops, Rosolo, your mic. And kicked I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and kicked in his front door. Hmm. That's interesting. Cell phone video recorded by Calloway's girlfriend shows officers entering and running up the stairs while the person with the phone follows police as they pursue Calloway. A woman can be heard screaming, stop hitting him, stop hitting him. Jackson and Richardson's body camera footage has not been released due to the ongoing investigation. Galloway allegedly tried to stop both officers from entering one room by closing the door. The video then shows Calloway or Galloway evading officers. Not sure what the last name is because they go from G to C. Evading officers while they pursue him back downstairs. A third officer from another agency arrives at the home. The person with the cell phone continues to follow and a woman can be heard screaming, why are you chasing him and hitting him? He has no weapon. 59 seconds into the video, a taser deployment could be heard. The third unidentified officer can be seen wrestling Calloway from behind. Calloway can be heard saying, I'm bleeding. The woman can be heard saying, stop hitting him. Brandon, stop resisting, stop resisting. Calloway seen on the camera with blood on his face. Once Mr. Calloway was taken to the floor, he stopped resisting and was taken into custody. The incident was captured on officers' body-worn cameras along with Officer Jackson's in-car camera. After being medically cleared for injuries he sustained while resisting arrest, Mr. Calloway was transported to the Fayette County Criminal Justice Center without any further incident. Calloway bonded out of the Fayette County Jail. Calloway was charged with evading arrest, resisting stop, frisk, halt, arrest or search, disorderly conduct, failing to stop at a stop sign, and speeding. Officer Richardson has since been placed on administrative leave. Calloway's attorney, Andre Wharton, told CNN that Calloway suffered injuries to his head, which led to excessive blood loss and required stitches. He also suffered wounds throughout his body and is experiencing headaches and is having vision trouble. He understands the gravity of what happened and we're focused on getting him well. It's definitely going to be a process and he's trying to make it through. We're pushing for a timely conclusion to their internal investigation. We hope we can begin dialogue once the parties sit down and are able to talk. Right now, that has not happened. Here's another lawsuit for the city's taxpayers. Yep. You kick down somebody's door because they were going 30, what was it? 32 in a 20 mile per hour they go to their house, run inside. You determine that going 12 miles over the speed limit 
is reason enough for you to kick down someone's front door. I thought you had to have an arrest warrant to go into someone's house or a search warrant. Am I wrong or am I right? I don't know. He was already running from them. So once you do something against them, I mean, he lucky he survived it. Lucky indeed. I wish Otto was here because, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I really don't understand the procedure. So you run into your home for safety. So he clearly saw the cop following him and said, okay, I don't want to deal with this. Let me get inside my house so they can, uh, where they won't bother me. But he's evading an arrest or a stop. Hmm. So that part, which, 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 which Tennessee? So we need to understand Tennessee law, right? Can, oops, please pardon my typing. <laughs> so can the police enter your home without a warrant in Tennessee? Let's see what it pulls up for us, right? Uh, let's see what it says. When can Tennessee police enter your home without a warrant? Here we go. This article is dated January 4, 2020. You can only advocate for your rights properly when you understand what rights you have. Too many people in Tennessee don't understand their protections under federal and state laws. That lack of information leaves them vulnerable to underhanded tactics commonly used by law enforcement. For example, did you know you don't have to let the police into your home just because they turn up knocking at your door? Did you know you can ask the courts to throw out evidence police gathered illegally by violating your rights? Understanding when you have to allow police into your home and when they violate your rights by coming inside can put you in a better legal situation if you find yourself facing criminal charges. Police, however, don't need a warrant if they suspect a crime in progress. Unless you invite them inside, officers usually need a warrant to gain entry into your home. The only exception to that rule would be the situation in which the officer witnesses something that makes them suspect a crime currently in progress. Hearing someone scream, for example, could be grounds to enter your home without consent or a warrant. So what's going to happen now, Javette, in this case? What do we think is going to happen in this case? I still think once the police give you a command and you ignore it, mm -hmm. they feel that you're breaking a law so they can do whatever they feel or deem necessary. So by him running, he put the ball in their court. Yes. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But do we think that this could have been handled differently? had do we think the outcome could have been different had they not kicked down his door what do, what do we think 
it could have been different if he'd just pull over and get his ticket and move and keep going. True. True. I was reading somewhere, Javette, the other day, um, the reason why black men run. I think it was on um, CNN.com I was reading it too. Because remember, every <clears throat> in more recent times, people are running, right? And we say don't run. No matter what it is, do not run. You stand a better chance of coming out alive when you stand up or sit down or just lie down wherever you are. Don't run. So I came across, I stumbled actually across the article, Why Do Black Men Run? And the essence of it is out of fear. They are crippled with fear and the immediate reaction is to run. Fear. Even, they said, even when they have nothing on them, meaning they're clean, clean as a whistle, the first instinct is to run. And it's um, aligned with PTSD of some sort. Yeah. Interesting. I've, I've seen, I've read that same thing. And I understand what our black men are going through. I mean, I've been pulled over for traffic violations and have the police basically have his gun, hand on his gun in my face. Wow. Here in Texas, when I feel, really? You're just pulling me over because I was a little bit over the speed limit. So I understand fear. I think um, most people have fear of police officers, unfortunately. That's unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Fabian. Good morning. Good morning. I can see very well why we have a fear of police. I mean, we're bombarded with these uh, shootings and and uh, brutal treatment at their hands literally every day. So, me naga judge another black man to say he shouldn't run or this or that or that and he should be calm and collected. Uh, we don't know everybody's own experience is unique. I mean, I've heard situations with my own friends and and uh, their sons or relatives literally complying to the T, hands on the dash, hands on the wheel, giving up their, uh, their driver's license, saying their name, address, where they're going, just literally answering every question. And still, there are no guarantees you're going to make it out alive. So, Minaga Judge Anaraman is all I have to say. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you, Javette. A West Virginia man jailed for only a week for attempting to kill his sister in June of 2020 has died, according to police. Daniel J. Palmer III, 55, was charged with attempted murder and malicious wounding. Palmer was brought to the Charleston Hospital on Wednesday, where he passed away the following day. J. 
Jackson County Sheriff Ross Mellinger believes that the case or the cause of death was natural causes. He told people that Palmer was not in good health. Palmer's sister Wanda was found sitting on a couch with her head slumped over at her home. She suffered from a lot of skull and brain trauma. She was hospitalized and spent two years in a coma following the attack. A witness placed Palmer on his 51-year-old sister's porch the night before police discovered her. The case was difficult to investigate, according to Mellinger, who cited a lack of evidence, eyewitnesses, or surveillance footage. Mellinger told the outlet he recently received a call from Wanda's long-term care facility, letting him know she was awake. With limited speech, she was able to identify her brother as her attacker and primitively describe how she was attacked. From an investigator's standpoint, it is unfortunate we don't get the chance to see the case through, Mellinger said. We turn the focus towards the victim in the case and hope she continues to get better. She has a long road ahead of her. He died right after she woke up. Interesting. Anyway, Steve Bannon, a former campaign aide and chief White House strategist to Donald Trump, has been found guilty in his contempt of Congress trial. The conviction was handed down Friday with a jury taking less than three hours to return the verdict. Bannon was found guilty of two counts of criminal contempt of Congress. This is a major win for the House January 6th Select Committee that has been committed to investigating Trump's involvement in the Capitol ambush. Bannon's fate comes after the House Committee issued a subpoena to him in September 2021. The committee was seeking information regarding his knowledge of right-wing extremist groups planning the Capitol attacks and any communication he had with Trump ahead of the riots. However, Bannon ignored the subpoena. Prosecutors argued in court that Bannon believed he was above the law. The committee had previously warned Bannon he could be charged if he failed to comply. At the time of the subpoena, Bannon said he could not testify due to executive privilege concerns raised by Trump. Kristen Ammerling, a witness called by the prosecution, stated that Trump never sent notice to the committee confirming this. Days before the trial began, Bannon told the committee he would be willing to testify after learning that Trump reversed the executive privilege claims. However, he did not testify at trial and his attorneys called no witnesses. Bannon will be sentenced on October 21st. He is facing up to one year in prison, but is prepared to appeal the decision. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should be laughing. But is it me? Everybody around Trump is falling, and he still remains untouchable. They should just call him the untouchable. Nothing happens to him. Is anything ever going to happen to him? Everybody is taking the fall. They're not really taking a fall because they ain't nothing really happening to them. You know you're right. A year? <laughs> I heard you say a year. A year. I heard 30 days. <laughs> I, I heard 30 Sorry, didn't hear you, naturalist. You went out. Nasser already was facing 10 days, but they, listen, man, <laughs> I, 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 I will right now go do 10 days for a million dollars, okay? 
that is nothing to the to these people. There's no consequence for any of this action, and they're just giving a slap on the wrist, and, and that's it. I thought when somebody is in the contempt of a subpoena, they're held in um in jail until they decide to actually um honor the subpoena. I guess the rules are just different right now. Yeah, the rules are different, naturalist. And <laughs> Javette, nothing. As far as I'm concerned, <clears throat> excuse me, this whole fiasco, and yes, I'm referring to it as a fiasco, is just a big waste of taxpayers' money because at the end of it all, nothing is going to come out of it. Absolutely nothing. Trump is getting what he likes, his name in the media every single day because he loves attention. And when someone craves and loves attention and can't... um operate without it you know what this is what happens so <laughs> lord have mercy he reversed the executive privilege claims everybody that went to bat for him he turns their back on them and still what i don't understand he has a huge following huge number of supporters who stand behind him, believe in him, think he's the best thing since sliced bread. I don't get it. When time after time after time after time, you see how he treats people. He walks on people, wipes his feet on them, like when you step in dog poop, and then you wipe your feet on the mat or in whatever. That's how he treats people. He poops on them and then flushes them down the toilet. And people still rally behind him. I don't get it. And even when Bannon um, got his uh, plea or whatever you want to call it, he still said in an interview that he still supports Trump. So why are you wasting tax dollars? <laughs> Honestly, why are they wasting tax money? This is all these politicians do every day. Just sit and listen to Frackenackle and then go home to their families. Take laws and twist it and turn it around and make it whatever they want and then go home to their families. And just let the world be in shambles. In shambles. Um... Who, who can the taxpayers sue to get their money back? Because this makes no sense. Do any of us really believe that Trump will be held responsible for the January 6th insurrection? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rosolo. So I was watching... Um... MSNBC, CNN, one of the, new, the political analysts this weekend, and they, the question was asked, you know, what's happening with Trump? And the analyst said that, you know, we all want, you know, to see Trump in, in handcuffs, you know, real, real soon, and we have to be patient, right? And I thought of the Javette's word, Fakanakla, and I was like, patience? I mean, are we Job? Are we all Job? Because I don't understand. <laughs> How much longer are we supposed to wait? So I just think, to Javette's point, they're just letting... They're just, they're just giving them little slaps on the wrist to think that they're going to pack the bias and they're going to get quiet. You're in and out, Rosola. We're not hearing you. You're in and out. They're going to give them slaps on the wrist to pacify us and think that we're going to stay quiet. But we shouldn't stay quiet because this is not acceptable. Exactly. 
Not acceptable at all. At all. After all of this, you're still supporting this man? What has he paid you? He must have paid these people a hefty sum to protect him, to support him. All this money that is donated to him from his followers across the country because he's able to raise millions of dollars. That's probably what he's using the money for, to pay the people around him, his associates, his acquaintances, because they're definitely not friends. Well, he's not a friend to them. Let's, let me get that right. He has to be paying them off and say, listen, just take the rap. You know, just keep, you take the rap, take the rap, take the rap. You know, I can't go to jail. Yeah. You know, can't miss out on looking at my beautiful daughter, Ivanka. I can't go to jail. I have to be able to look at her. It, it, it's just so sad. It's time for us to take another break. Those were our stories from the international scene and out of North America. When we return, we have business and tech news along with health and science news. But for now, here is some more music from the soca scene.
everything it a be sell out. We have liquor by the case. Call them rolling bumper. Man them whining panda. Everything turn up. Whole place I go burn up. Shell it down, shell. Shell it down, shell. So the girl them do it well easy. Simple, believe me. Shell it down, shell. Shell it down, shell. So the girl them do it well easy. Waistline spin like CD. Every fret it mash up. Bumpers over the dash up. Root boy go and just take a wine and everything get in lash up. Rock them up in the air. Lick I in a me system. So me a kill them. So me a lick. Listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toll, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It's Move It Monday, and of course, we do it in soca style. Follow me on Twitter at me Media Moments, MI Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And the me is MI. Coming up later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and QMZRadio.com, it is Days After Dark, Real Relationship Talk. Tonight we're talking about cheating and we're answering some questions. And now it is time for us to get into business and tech news. And our first story, courtesy of Baller Alert, parents of 10-year-old girl call out American Airlines after they canceled her connecting flight without telling them. The child traveled alone from Richmond, Virginia to visit family in Boston on July 18 and had a connecting flight at John F. Kennedy Airport in New York City. Misha Vargas, the girl's mother, said she only learned the flight was canceled when her daughter called. 
She called me hysterically crying, saying the flight was cancelled. And I asked her to pass the phone to speak to a gate agent who said they would try to get another flight rebooked that same day. The child was accompanied by an airline worker after she arrived at JFK at 11.30 a.m. until she was booked on another flight at 8 p.m. Family members who were picking up the child from the Boston airport drove six hours to JFK where they finally met up with her at 5 p.m. The airline didn't know she had left the airport when the child's father called a customer service agent. The mother had prepared her daughter for a short layover between her flights and told her that her family was going to meet her in Boston. She was terrified and said she doesn't want to fly again. Her mother said this experience has destroyed her love of traveling. Vargas said it was stressful knowing her daughter was stranded at the busy airport and her husband was furious that the airline did not sign off for their daughter to be handed over to their family members. Our family said she was very quiet that night, which is not her normal self. She's usually very chatty and bubbly, but barely spoke. The child, who was flying alone for the first time, was given a voucher for lunch, but American Airlines told her that she would need to pay for dinner with her own money. Um, okay, yeah, so the airline should have contacted the, <clears throat> the family, the parents, right? But why, here's where I'm, a little confused the family that she was going to in boston drove the how many hours to jfk to pick her up but nothing was said to the parents of so the family members who took that journey didn't reach out to the parents and say hey we're gonna be driving down to jfk to go get her don't worry about it i don't get that part or am i missing something and uh uh <laughs> no <laughs> i don't think you're missing anything okay okay I, I i this didn't really have to make the news quite frankly in my opinion everything could have been handled differently but that's just me who am i there's a lot of inconsistencies like first of all how old is this person that she's not an unaccompanied minor she didn't go with a flight attendant she's on her own 10 years so old she's yeah, that's a big problem but here's the thing Senate. <clears throat> excuse me they said that um the child was accompanied by an airline worker after she arrived at jfk at 11 30 a.m until she was booked on another flight at 8 p.m i kind of see why it's a problem okay because yeah because this is a 10 year old this is a minor it's not like it's a 15 year old who have sense or 17 let me back move up a few years okay um i our friends were visiting this weekend and they're eight no she's he's 10 yeah they're 10 year old who's flying to canada they get to the airport turns out air canada moved the flight up an hour so here's some people that they had no assistance from the you know the drop-off point after you go through tsa they had to book it like crazy running to the airplane okay the airplane the airport the airline failed their job okay everything worked out there so it was easy right. but this is a connecting flight there should have been a whole lot more controls okay that's what and i don't saying. know why it took six hours from boston to new york that's, like, uh, I i'm trying to figure uh, that out it's, too. it's a i mean it's a four-hour trip but it's a weekend right okay Good morning. So, no, hold on Good one morning. second Andel. hold on one second uh 
Sunet. So the flight is going from Vir Richmond, Virginia. And I was looking at that too, and I'm like, from yeah. Richmond, Virginia, why the heck would it take so long to get up to Boston or even to get to JFK? Why? Because the JFK is where the connecting flight would be. She'd get another yeah, flight to go out. to Boston. Yeah, that makes no sense. But yeah, they took a flight from Richmond to New York and New York to Boston. I, I, that part I get. But the family drove from Boston to pick her up at the airport. It took them six hours to get there. I think that part, maybe I didn't hear right, and I apologize. Yeah. Five hours. Yeah. Like five, five hours. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, so go ahead, Abdel. Good I live, morning. I live, good morning. I live between both cities, New York and Boston, and it does not take five hours. Actually, from, I know Hartford very well. Exactly. Right. I it's I a two-hour drive from New York. I drove to Hartford. Right. It was basically an hour and a half. Oh, exactly. So, where so. does five hour come from? <laughs> <laughs> Probably round trip. Round trip. Okay, Let, let's say round trip to go and to you know to go to JFK and then back to Boston. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess there. I guess you're right. Round trip and then factoring traffic and all that stuff. There. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Andel, they okay. probably took the scenic route. <laughs> they probably did. They probably did. Make a make, you know make a whole trip out of it. Yeah, yeah. So the airlines still. We have another story related to the airline industry. It's no secret that summer 2022 has not been the easiest time to go flying. A country desperate for air travel is spoiled by staff shortages and a lack of pilots. The latest airline troubles are causing people to pay nearly $35 to speak with a customer service agent and navigate their trip. United and JetBlue are charging $25, while Spirit and Frontier are charging $35. Though it is not exactly new to charge customers for help, it adds to travel chaos this summer as the pandemic caused people to make money from home. Staff shortages are so epic that flight lines are lowering the requirements to become a pilot. The number of hours for training to fly went from 1,500 to 750 hours, according to Insider. Customers are growing angrier and angrier about booking a summer trip. One tweeted, JetBlue, please help me. I'm trying to book online, but I'm having technical difficulties. Is there a phone number I can speak to an actual person to book this flight that does not cost $25? JetBlue did end up waiving the fee for the confused customer that was having those difficulties. If you don't want to pay inside of reports, Delta stopped charging its $25 phone service fee in 2016. So they're setting you to delta southwest does not charge for over the phone reservations so you can check them out too american airlines fee for tickets issued by american airlines travel centers is currently suspended until further notice i had no clue that there was a fee in <laughs> with any airline that you'd have to pay to speak to an agent you already have the if you're if, if you're not sitting in first class or business class and if you're not um in one of those seats that you can't change your seat or anything those fixed seats um you already have to pay for a seat right and see the, the cost for a seat varies can go up to the hundred hundreds of dollars right just for the seat that you want you have to if you are carrying more than so many bags you have to pay a bag fee 
Oh my gosh. And then you, they're not even feeding you. All these fees. Oh yeah. Uh, that's how they're making up their money. I mean, Spirit is the number one. I, so I flew to Florida one, one year on JetBlue and the return coming back was on Spirit. Never flew Spirit before. Never understand. Got to the airport, checked in, everything. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, you, you're allowed one carry-on, which is like a you know a backpack everything else is 55 bucks per bag and i'm like what <laughs> and i'm like i'm talking me and my family the five of us and bags go we went on vacation and i'm like yeah 55 bucks per bag and i'm like this is ridiculous nobody said that and furthermore when they booked it we i said we booked going down on jet blue coming back on uh spirit and it was just hell <laughs> they don't they don't disclose these things they hit you you go there and you're like and then when you read the fine print you're like okay cool they get you another way they get you is and this just happened to a cousin of mine um he was travel. he, he booked a flight to travel um couldn't make it called him he, he got the credit however when he goes to apply the credit to another trip it it doubles mm-hmm it doubles, yeah. So if the trip was nine hundred bucks, by the time they put the credit in, it comes out to eighteen hundred dollars. That makes no sense. No <laughs> exactly. Sense exactly. So they they hope that you would not use it and 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 it expires and it expires. They they just got your free nine hundred bucks. Wow, but you know what's interesting, Andel, and we, Marlon and I were talking about this just over the weekend here. When you go to the counter and your bags are overweight, right? And they tell you that you have to take the things out and put it in another bag. Doesn't that bag still end up on the plane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what? So I What's guess they're the looking point? at their redistribution of the weight itself rather than having it in one top. But it still adds up. It still adds up. Still adds up. Yeah. It still makes no up. sense. If if it's a hundred pounds. That's in one bag, and you're telling me, oh, I'm overweight, and then you tell me the overweight charges so much. Um, but then you say, I can take stuff out and put in another bag, and then you hit me with the extra bag fee, right? So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Have, have, anyone, have anyone ever looked at their, look at the breakdown when they buy a ticket, look at the um, all the different fees? Mm-hmm. Uh, Trust me, you realize how much you even the landing fee you're paying yep, for. Yeah, you gotta pay the land, <laughs> otherwise, do I have a choice to stay up there? <laughs> exactly. So when you buy a ticket, you're paying all these. If you look at a lot of people don't see, but if you go and read it, the itemized aspect of what you're what you're paying for is there. Miscellaneous fees. That's what we call them. Miscellaneous yeah. fees. Yeah. I think naturalist, you were gonna say something. Go right ahead. I would just say when it comes to the. Uh the bag fee, although the same weight is going on the plane, uh, there are, there are federal laws where the employees that have to lift those bags, the bags cannot be above certain weight. So it's more about the employees in that sense, and not necessarily the same weight is going on the plane. Um, they use that just pad their, their pocket even more. But yeah, the, even in my job, you know, things cannot be over 50 pounds. I mean, I, I could lift one 50 pounds, but um, by law, it shouldn't be more than 50 pounds because um, it has to be a situation where, you know, all the employees will be able to, to lift that weight 
And uh, one of the reasons why it was changed also, unfortunately, because there are a lot more women that's also involved in some of these jobs. And um, I know there's some ladies who are very strong, but then there are those, some, those who aren't as strong as men to lift the same weight. So they make it a weight where it's um, easier for all genders to actually um, be able to lift. Be able to, okay, that makes sense, naturalist. Uh, thank you for breaking it down. That makes sense, right? And uh, you're right, Sanat. It's a way to avoid the possibility of workmen's being hit with a workman's comp um, situation. Yeah. And there, there is a cost to have the insurance on your company, so you really need to do that too. And you know, when you, it's, I'm glad that you brought it up, uh, Naturalist, because it makes you think about a different perspective. Um, I, I work in a company, and that has to do with the negotiations of getting the workers' comp insurance and the general liability and everything. And it's expensive for the company too. So yeah. that that's a good good point. Thank you. Yeah, makes a whole lot of sense. Appreciate it. See. That's the beauty about here. We learn something new every day. Disney is going to replace the fairy godmother's title at its theme parks with gender-neutral apprentices. The crew that helps children dress up as their favorite Disney characters will no longer go by their original names, fairy godmothers in training, and instead will sport a new name, fairy godmother's apprentices. This comes as Disney's latest move to be more diverse and inclusive as a company. This will allow employees who don't identify as women to express their gender identity. Last year, Disney began removing ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from scripts and rhetoric. The boutique gives child guests who are between the ages 3 to 12 a full makeover to transform them into princesses or knights using makeup and hair props. This makes no sense. From fairy godmothers in training to fairy godmothers apprentices. How is fairy godmothers apprentices gender neutral as opposed to fairy godmothers in training I, I i'm sorry i must be sipping slow tea this morning i'm slow it means that boys can also do the job yeah but it's very it's a very godmother apprentice is a person who's trying to learn who to help the princess and or prince am i i think that's how i understand it so but so it's not necessarily going to be a girl who has a job oh but Sonette, question for you. Fairy godmother, that's still a female title. It's the apprentice to the, yes, it's the apprentice to the fairy godmother. So the fairy godmother can have apprentices that are not just girls. Boys can also now be an apprentice to the fairy godmother. So that's me, how I understand it. So let me ask another question, Sonette. So fairy godmothers in training. So training means what? Female? Whereas apprentice means all gender no. i thought tr no, no, this no. is where i'm confused in it oh so fairy godmother in, in training, training. Would, mean, would mean that it's another woman going to be a fairy godmother oh they're okay. in training to become a fairy godmother ah. but what they're opening up to is to me a gender neutral in a gender inclusive so boys can become this not they're not gonna be a fairy godmother I don't know the title already. It's gone. Okay, fair, so you have fairy godmothers in training. That's the current title, and they're going to change yes. it to fairy godmothers apprentices. Right. So people who so let's say that um, think of it. Um, what's her name? Cinderella. Cinderella uh -huh. had a fairy godmother. 
Okay. Right? But in the future, it won't be Cinderella. It'll be Princess Plum. I do not know these people. Princess <laughs> Plum, right? Princess Plum needs an apprentice, and it doesn't have to be a woman. It could be a boy or a male. It could be a male. And, and that's the apprentice to a fairy godmother. That's how I think about it. But maybe I'm thinking too much. Does yeah. that make sense to anybody else? Sanat, I applaud yes, you because I'm still in La La Land here. Because I'm, I guess what my issue is, and, and probably this is what I need to let go of, I'm looking at the words training and apprentice. An apprentice is a trainee. Or is that not what an apprentice yes. is? You're in yes, training, absolutely. right? So I don't see the difference so, in the name then. Because it's, they're changing it from being a fairy godmother in training to a prince to a fairy apprentice in training no it says fair vision. no they're not they're leaving godmother okay, and I'm, that's the problem sonette the title godmother is still there it's it all they're changing is the last word so godmother to me is gender specific and if i'm uh -huh. thinking if you want to make it gender neutral you would remove godmother but they have kept godmother and only changed it from training to apprentices i don't know it's too historic. It's always been a fairy godmother, so I think that's why it says that. But hey, uh, whatever. I, I don't like Disney. I'm not going. Yeah. Well, I, have to take my kid I, have to take my, I do have to take my kid next year, but it's not it's not, not the happiest place in the world. Not anymore. Not anymore, Sinet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally confused. I, and, I don't know if it's worth me trying to wrap my head around it right now. I don't know. I really don't know. So two families are suing TikTok because their children died from the viral blackout challenge. I don't know what the blackout challenge is. Um, the parents of Ariane Jeline Arroyo, 9, and Lalani Walton, 8, are filing a lawsuit against the app. The two families have teamed up with Social Media Victims Law Center to bring justice to their children. Last year, Arroyo and Walton died of suffocation after trying the challenge. The blackout challenge encourages users to choke themselves until they pass out. This is not easy to wake up every day and know that your little girl is never coming back, said Arroyo's mother when she was speaking with ABC News. You're never going to hear her voice. You're never going to see her smile or hear her say, I love you. She continued. We just never thought that there was a darker side to what TikTok allows on its platform. The family's lawsuit claimed that the social media app's algorithm is set to promote the challenge to increase their engagement and maximize TikTok's profits. The lawsuit states TikTok outrageously took no and or completely inadequate action to extinguish and prevent the spread of the blackout challenge and specifically to prevent its algorithm from directing children to the blackout challenge. Despite notice and or foreseeability that such a failure would inevitably lead to more injuries and deaths, including those of children. Arroyo's father hopes the lawsuit will bring awareness to these dangerous viral challenges. We just want people to be aware because we don't want any other children to be a statistic of the situation again. We want to make sure we can save our children. Was anyone else in here aware of the blackout challenge? First time hearing about it. You you know how much issue it takes to strangle yourself? And um, parents, um, don't you have to be 18 to be on TikTok? 
Isn't there some sort of <laughs> waiver to check that box? I'm not going to blame parents. I don't want to do that. It's too late. Child is dead. But um, I'm, I'm sorry. I was laughing and I shouldn't laugh because it's a tragic thing. But the energy it takes to, to black yourself out. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go and pray to some deity now. And close yeah. my mind. <laughs> so that I feel you. Because, <sighs> yes, when you're signing up for TikTok, um, Instagram, Facebook, you have to answer an age section. You have to put in your date of birth, right? Which leads me to yeah. a question. Are we giving our children too much access to the internet as a way of to keep them quiet, to keep them out of our way, to keep them engaged? Social media has taken the place of video games. Well, for some. Because when it comes to boys, as long as boys have pizza, Roblox, Fortnite, they're okay. They don't even have to bathe. They're okay. Just as long as they have those three things. They're good. But I'm trying to understand why is it that we're having an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old having access, free-for-all access to TikTok? Shouldn't there be some supervision with that? And yes, Senator, I agree. The parents are gone. The children are gone. The parents are grieving. But let us talk to those parents with young children, this age group and under, who give their children free reign and let them have 24-hour access to their um, devices. And then when something happens, we turn around and blame the creators of whatever app or social media platform. When do we become parents again and set routines? I've said this before. When our children were younger, there was a bedtime. And there is still a bedtime for two high schoolers. Bedtime used to be 8 o'clock. I remember when it started out. Sun shining or not. 8 o'clock, you in your bed. Then we moved it up to 8.30, then 9, then 9.30. And now they're at 10 o'clock during um, the school week. From Sunday to Thursday, you go to bed at 10 o'clock because you need to get proper rest because you have to be up by 6 o'clock in the morning. So we don't have bedtime. I, I've, I'm seeing people with their two and three, four-year-olds running up and down, star crazy in their houses at 12 midnight. 12 midnight. They let the children go to bed whenever. And we've read in here what lack of sleep does, especially what it does to children. Children need minimum eight hours sleep. We need it much less. We need to start parenting. It may be tough. It may be tough. Maybe we need to get off social media and get outside with our children more. Children on social media, we're on social media, everybody's scrolling and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I hope this happens to no other child. It's very unfortunate. Man, moments, you're talking about me. Yes, I'm and, talking about you. <laughs> and, my, and, and my son, listen... Uh, I can't just get this boy to go to bed. How I'll old is he? In, he's 10. I'll put him in bed. Mm -hmm. I'll take away all the 
I, the, the phones, iPad, whatever. And two, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, this dude is up. Doing what? He finds anything to, to be up. Anything. Do you allow him to come out of the room? No. But then again, he's in his room and we are in the, in the other part of the house. So, hmm. yeah. And when, how long has he had a bedtime? Has he always had a bedtime? Because it starts when they're toddlers. Of course. But he just, I, I don't know, he just have this thing where, I mean, listen, at 10 year old, he shouldn't be in my bed. But that's the only best thing I can do, just say, so, yo, come to the bed. <laughs> come to the bed. He goes sleep. Yeah, and he goes sleep. You know, don't. Other than that, if he's in his room by himself, chances are he's not going to go sleep. So, Matthew just caught him and said, yo, get out of bed. Yeah, now when you know? he falls asleep, you lift him up and put him in his bed. My parents used to do that to me. I'm, oh, I'm 48 and uh, yeah, listen, as long God. as I'm still in my parents' bed, I'm sorry. That's where I get the best sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm snuggling up under my mother. Yes, at my old age. Yep, sorry. <laughs> you got to Try something. Have you spoken to his pediatrician? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't. You know, I haven't. Find out from other parents what they do. You know. Yeah, uh, like I was talking to a friend, and he said he gives his son what melatonin or something like that. Melatonin. It is the godsend. Okay, <laughs> I give that uh -oh, really? to my child. Okay, the thing. Listen. It's only 10 milligrams. It's not harmful. It doesn't call. It doesn't cause any addictive um, properties. Give it to him half an hour before you want him to go to sleep, and say bye bye, son. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Turn okay. everything off. Though you need to desensitize. He needs to stop seeing screens. He needs to stop doing everything. Read a book. Get calm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. It's I had to. Just, yeah. I had to set works. up a, like a white noise thing for him. You know, because like the teacher said that, what well, you know, they did that at school. So I said to, I said, all right, cool. Let me set up this little white noise thing for him, so you know he can go to sleep. It helps a whole lot because, as he says, he says that I can't turn my brain off, man. I, I think so much, and that's one of his things. You know, he's right. just thinking. That's a little bit more. He's saying, he's saying more. Yeah, you, you should take him to the pediatrician. Mm -hmm. Um, you may have to go. I'm not gonna. I'm not a doctor. I cannot diagnose your child, but it, he may need some more talking to or some other medication. Yeah. Okay. It's possible. Okay. It's very possible. Yeah. I don't feel any way because of it. So there's a lot going on in this world right now. So he may need a little extra help. Yeah. Yeah. So and as, yeah, you're right, Sunet. Thank you for um, sharing that recommendation. You're absolutely right. And, um, Andel, I would strongly recommend that both you and your wife take him um hear what the pediatrician says um yes right. there's a lot going on there's a lot children are exposed to way more than we were exposed to right um so we have to take that into consideration it's a lot for them to process you know what i mean so definitely take that route yeah his brain works works hard in himself he says okay you know the other thing too like and andel have been here for for a year and plus we know andel 
doesn't go to bed himself until three o'clock in the morning. So I hello, don't. hello, I don't. sir. I don't. He sees I don't. what you're doing. You're a bad example, so Lando. There, <laughs> there. And I like, I like the yoga idea too, Javad. She put it in there. That's not a bad thing. The bad yes. idea. Yeah. Get, get some physical activity in maybe early evening, and and then try to start relaxing, winding down. Yeah. Have a golden, um, a golden milk, something to start calming the body down, and that means. Yeah. He has to try a lot. Wear him out. I'm done. Wear to him start out. winding him, so start winding him down from six p.m. Something. Try something, Very, Ando. Early, <laughs> okay. but you can try it. I mean, that's, that's if you go from six starting six p.m. when he, he didn't go to bed till two o'clock. That's too big of gap. Right. So he's gonna be winding gonna up again at ten p.m. So that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But you you gotta just start weaning it down. There's lots of articles about children who don't sleep. Like I didn't ferberize my child. You ever heard of the ferber method? You just put the kid down and cry it out so they go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I never did that. I have to cuddle up with her still, and I'm and I'm ready to cut that cord. She's eight. I mean, she's gonna be eight in um in November. So I need to stop that. But it's still that we the only night Monday nights I don't get to bed till like nine because I'm I'm with you. I'm probably right. going to cancel tonight. But at the same time, <laughs> um, I try for 8.30 every night. Yeah. Summertime, I'm going to play a little bit because eh, she yeah. doesn't really have to go to school. It's camp. And she gets there when her father decides to drop her off. <laughs> so it's not a big deal, you know. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, during the school year, it has to be you, the kid needs rest. Yeah, they do. I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Yeah. Uh, I know. Let me ask you another question. What time do you get him in bed when school is in session? Uh, nine o'clock is the latest. Okay. When does school nine start o'clock. back up there? Uh, start school starts. Wait, wait, no, July. So school's gonna start the last weekend of August. So, like a week or two before, start, start, start having him go to bed early. Yeah. Start sending him early so he gets into a rhythm, a circadian rhythm of sorts. All right. Try that yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. But schedule an appointment with the pediatrician. That would be our strong recommendation. If he were in Jamaica now, I like a brandy or I like a red wine. No, not <laughs> not, but, or if we lived in Spain, you know, we could do that, but we can't do it here in the U.S. Sorry. Well, I'm going to try the melatonin as well as um, Sinesa because somebody else told me about it. So. I'm going to try that as well. Yeah. All right. So in health and science news, WHO declares monkeypox outbreak a global emergency. On Saturday, the World Health Organization declared the global uh, emergency because it has spread to more than 70 countries worldwide. The decision was made after the WHO convened an emergency committee on Thursday. WHO Director General Tedros and Hanom, and I hope I pronounce his first and middle name right not going to try the last name acted as a tiebreaker when the committee could not come to a consensus it was the first instance where a un health agency chief made such a decision without expert recommendation we have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little the the director general said he acknowledged that there are divergent views The declaration could help prompt more investment into treating monkeypox. One drawback is that it could send people running toward already scarce vaccines. Since May, more than 16,000 cases of the once rare disease have been reported in 74 countries. 
It is possible to spread monkeypox person to person from direct contact with the rash, scabs, or body fluids, respiratory secretions during prolonged face-to-face contact or through intimate physical contact like sex, cuddling, or kissing. You can become infected by touching items that have previously come into physical contact with the rash or body fluids, and a pregnant woman can can spread it to their fetus. Infected animals can spread the disease to humans through a scratch or a bite. And preparing or eating meat or using the products of an infected animal. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention said it was supportive of the WHO's emergency declaration. The agency hopes it will spur international action to combat the outbreaks. And those were the stories from business and tech and health and science news. Coming up, we do have sports news. Uh, Caribbean Corner, news out of Latin America. So please stay tuned. But here is a little bit more soca for us. Tony Road. 
To all our listeners, logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments. On Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. If you have not already done so, go ahead and download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. The music while you work or play, log on to QMZRadio.com. It's good music to take you through your day. Just take a look at them now. Fire, fire, fire. That's them we told you what our life look better than ever. Jamming somebody down. Coming up, we have sports news, Caribbean corner, and news out of Latin America. And also later on, believe it or not, stories and entertainment news. It's Monday, July 25th. The month is all almost at an end. 
Move It Monday, we do it in Soka Styling. it's time for sports news former miami hurricane football player sam bruce died from a heart attack medical examiner reports medical reports reveal that the former florida high school football star sam bruce died from a heart attack according to tmz the broward county medical examiner revealed bruce died from a coronary artery disease now medical officials are considering bruce's passing to be natural On April 28th, Bruce tragically passed away after suffering a medical episode while driving in Florida. Bruce was known nationally for his skills at St. Thomas Aquinas. Since Bruce did such a great job on the field, he was named Samborghini. Bruce later signed to the Miami Hurricanes in 2016. However, he was let go for violating the team rules during his freshman season. And the Miami Hurricanes, that's the University of Miami. Bruce's untimely death unfortunately claimed his life at 24 years old. And now it's time for Caribbean Corner. This story, courtesy of the Associated Press, out of Mexico City. Boat carrying Haitian migrants sinks off of Bahamas, killing 17. A boat carrying Haitian migrants apparently capsized off the, off the coast of the Bahamas early on Sunday. And Bahamian security forces recovered the bodies of 17 people and rescued 25 others, authorities said. It was not clear if there were any people missing after the boat sank about seven miles from New Providence. Prime Minister Philip Brave Davis said in a statement that the dead included 15 women, one man, and an infant. He said the people rescued were taken for observation by health workers. Davis said investigators had determined that a twin-engine speedboat left the Bahamas at about 1 a.m., carrying as many as 60 people apparently bound for Miami. Davis said a criminal investigation had begun into the suspected human smuggling operation. I would like to convey the condolences of my government and the people of the Bahamas to the families of those who lost their lives in this tragedy, Davis said. My government, from the time it came to office, has warned against these treacherous voyages. Haitian Prime Minister Ariel Henry said he sympathized with the parents of the victims. This new drama saddens the whole nation, he said. I launch once again an appeal for national reconciliation in order to solve the problems that are driving away far from our soil, our brothers, our sisters, our children. A year after the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moïse last July, gang violence has grown worse and Haiti has gone into a free fall that has seen the economy tumble. Attempts to form a coalition government have faltered and efforts to hold general elections have stalled. The turmoil has led a growing number of people to flee the country of more than 11 million in search of a better and safer life. Several sinkings involving migrants have occurred in the Caribbean this year, including one in May in which 11 people were confirmed dead 
and 38 were saved off Puerto Rico. Another incident in January saw one man rescued and another confirmed dead after a boat carrying 40 migrants went down off Florida with the missing never found. Governments in the region, including the United States, have reported a surge in the number of Haitians detained trying to enter other countries. Um, what's his name? The interim president? What's his name? Or prime minister, sorry. Ariel Henry. Okay, you're sympathizing with the victims. You're well aware of what's going on in your country. And you're well aware of the reason why there has been an increase in the number of um, Haitians that are leaving by any means necessary. What's your plan of action? What is your plan of action to save your people? and to save your country. Are you going to allow gang violence to torment and drive folks away? I don't know if he has told the Haitian um, citizens of a plan. Haven't heard of it. But what's going to happen? Because every week, a boat is intercepted at sea with Haitians. Every single week, there's an interception. They're coming to the U.S. So my um, Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. government, are you going to sit down and speak with the leaders of Haiti? Because there needs something needs to happen. We cannot disregard them and only focus on the Ukrainians. We can't do that. Something needs to happen. People are trying to escape being killed in their country and end up dying anyway. Do we not care? Where is our empathy? And we here in South Florida, we see it on the news every week every single week and we can't say we don't care because it's not us we can't say that i came across um i don't know if i can i think i saved it but i came across a video you learn so much on tiktok it's amazing how much you can learn i'm trying to see if i saved it hold on one second i think i may have hold on uh or is this one in 1915 and went straight to the haitian national bank and removed all its gold reserves to Citibank. Okay, hold on. let me start it over did you know that the U.S. Marines invaded Haiti in 1915 and went straight to the Haitian National Bank and removed all its gold reserves to Citibank in New York City? Do you know where the term Banana Republic comes from? No, it's not just a clothing brand. This is the term from the early 1900s that was given to the brutal and corrupt puppet regimes the U.S. installed in Central America so that companies like United Fruit now Chiquita Banana, could super exploit and reap massive profits from people's blood, sweat, and tears. Between 1903 and 1925, in a period known as the Banana Wars, the U.S. invaded Honduras seven times. 
Oh, uh, but that was such a long time ago. The U.S. and Latin America have become compadres, right? Okay, fast forward from World War II to the present. In 1954, after a popular nationalist leader in Guatemala tried to redistribute some of the United Fruit Company's unused land, the CIA had him overthrown and replaced by a U.S.-trained colonel who went on to torture and kill thousands. In 1961, the U.S. tried to overthrow the new government in Cuba in the Bay of Pigs invasion. In 1965, the U.S. invaded the Dominican Republic to crush a rebellion and install a new pro-U.S. president. The U.S. orchestrated a fascist coup in Chile in 1973 and backed counter-revolutionary and fascist regimes in Bolivia and Nicaragua. When people in Central America rose up in the 1980s against corrupt U.S.-backed tyrants, the U.S. funded, trained, and backed a reign of death squad terror in Honduras, Nicaragua, and El Salvador. In Guatemala, the U.S.-backed Christian fascist butcher Rios Mont slaughtered over 75,000 indigenous Mayan people, burned 600 villages to the ground, and literally ripped the hearts out of children in front of their parents. The U.S. invaded Panama in 1989, dropping bombs on poor urban neighborhoods. And in case the Haitian people hadn't suffered enough under the boot of the U.S. for decades, the CIA helped to stage a bloody coup that removed the popular leader Jean-Bertrand Aristide from power in 1991. Then they invaded Haiti in 1994, then had Aristide removed again in 2004, literally kidnapping him and putting him on a plane out of the country. In 2009, Obama and Hillary Clinton orchestrated a fascist coup in Honduras to replace a mildly reformist elected president. And this is just a partial list. All of this was done under Republicans and Democrats. All of it was done in the name of democracy. <laughs> yeah. Is the United States of America so great after all? A lot of this I didn't know. I'll be very honest. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I knew all this. I, you know, I did not. And so too many things are hidden. But the truth always reveals itself at some point, right? Now or later. Could be decades down the road or centuries down the road. It does come out. The U.S. needs to right its wrongs as far as Haiti is concerned and understand their obligation in the remedying of the situation by doing what is right to fix the problem that they started to fix the problem that they created don't ignore these people don't ignore them and yes we can say and you know well it happened let's pick up ourselves by the bootstraps and move forward. Yes, we can say that. And many have done that. Many have chosen to forget the oppressions and the atrocities, the injustices of the past. Many have chosen to do so. They have chosen to play the hand that they have been dealt. 
and have come out victorious, I might add. They have been successful. They have made names for themselves around the world. France raped Haiti as well. Had that country, if I'm not mistaken, someone please correct me if I'm wrong, had Haiti paid them reparations, not the other way around, <laughs> had them pay them. Yeah. Morning, everyone. Good morning, James. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like it, trust me, like, um, you know, as as a person who professes to be like a Christian, you know, like I often listen to Christians and I say, you know, like if I should see God face, I'm going to ask him about, you know, Moses. I'm going to ask him about this. I'm going to ask him about that. But I've always said, like, the first question I would ask is why, you know, why Haiti? Why Haiti is allowed to, to, to suffer for so many years? And, you know, like, as, as a Jamaican, as because Jamaica, like Haiti started the revolution you know what what happened in jamaica with the maroons and with nanny and, and all that haiti started it and you know sometimes you know when you hear jamaicans talk bad about haiti you just want to smack them because you're like you know that's our, those are our brothers and sisters you know you know there are people and haiti haiti is not downtrodden because of like corrupt leaders and, 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 and people, all those rebels that you see like they're like robbing and, and, and kidnapping people and asking for ransom. That's not that's not what caused Haiti's downfall. You know, you know, France started it, America endorsed it. And every time Haiti tried to get up, America and France kicked them back, like kick their foot from underneath them. And it just yeah, it just hurt because you know, like, you'll see them, like, after the, the, the earthquake, you see them, like, oh, like, how oh, they love, like, they're, they're sorry for Haiti or they want to help Haiti. And Haiti has not improved. Like, you would think, look, how many countries that went through natural disasters or, or stuff that the international community reached out to and those countries were able to, to be better. Haiti is the only country that has, not, that has gotten worse you know, like France was taking something like 35% of um, GDP, whatever money that came into the country. I think they were taking over 35% of money that the country is supposed to use and pay teachers, pay police for over, over, over 100 years for reparation, for, for giving them back their country. They had to pay that. And only after the, the, the earthquake, they're like, we're going to forgive your debt. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, you're, you're, you're robbing these people. And, and after the natural disaster, you're going to say like, oh, we're forgiving your debt. You know? So I, I don't know. It's just like every time I hear a story about Haiti, it just like my blood just start boiling because, you know, Haiti is like a stone throw away from the most powerful. That's what America claims to be. The most powerful democracy in the history of the world and they allow Haiti to stay like that. You know, and it, it, I don't know, it hurts, trust me. Yeah, James, the history, the true history. 
is being ignored. What they have done to that island. Why are they hated worldwide? What, what is it about Haiti? That they're, that country, those people are scorned or looked I, down on. Go right ahead. Mor morning, everyone. Um, I think why Haiti is um, hated um, is because I think it's the first black nation to gain their independence. And the way how it was, uh, how, how, they, how they, they actually defeated the French, um, it was a big embarrassment for a world power. You understand? So I think they're like, they're, they're never going to let them, they're going to set an example of them. You know, so I think that's the big thing. They're, they're, they're the first black nation to gain their independence. You understand? So I think that is part of the reason. And they just perpetuate it. But let me ask you this, Kevra. It's been decades, centuries, right? That this has happened mm -hmm. to them. Why is it the rest of the Caribbean community looks down on Haiti? Why is it that all the black nations don't come together to see how they can help Haiti rise up again? Because Haiti was the leader of all the black nations based on what you just said, right? Historically, they were the leader. They were the trailblazers. So why is yep. it that we are not getting up and standing behind them? We need help for ourselves. And, and I think... I think African-Americans too, like Hoyt, like every fight that African-Americans are fighting in America, Haiti should be a part of that fight. You know, Haiti should be a part. And, and for people who don't, don't understand, look, Dominican Republic and Haiti is one country, the same land. Look at Dominican Republic. Look at the opportunities that they get in terms of like baseball. Look how many of, of, of the, the, the baseball players are, are billionaires millionaires multi-millionaires in in dominican republic look at the development that's happening there in in terms of tourism and stuff like that even though they have their their their, their challenges everywhere have their challenges but dominican republic have they have nice highways they, they have good infrastructure and there's a they're the same piece of land so if it proves that if and and it's the same war they went the, the same time stamp for both countries when they split the countries in two and they allow Dominican Republic to grow. But Haiti, they just suffocate them. And then, you know, the, the media make it seem like, oh, it's all these black corrupt leaders and it's all these people like um, holding down their own people. No, it's not. Like America and France is why Haiti is what it is today. And, and, and I think like, Blacks in America, like Al Sharpton and all those people who have media attention, they need to speak up because people, people are in denial. Like people don't know. Like Jamaicans don't know. People from Barbados don't know. So when 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 people come on boat and go to Barbados, like we push them back and we scorn them. But it's because of their foreparents why we're able to be free, you know. And it it sucks. Like we we allow America to tell us how to treat our own brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Um, I think Javette put it in yeah, they're very racist in the Dominican Republic. Um, they don't think they're black. The Dominicans don't think they're black. I, I don't know which world they're in. Um, in their mind they're not black. Um, they do not care for the Haitians. They don't like them at all. 
I can't speak for the ones here in the US <laughs> if they've been converted. But um and they have Haiti to thank. Dominican Republic would not be the Dominican Republic without Haiti. Let's not forget that. The Dominican Republic would not be the Dominican Republic without Haiti. But what history are they being taught? Yeah, so, sorry, one more thing. And, and that's why for me, like, I've been to Dominican Republic once, and I vowed that I go back there, you know? Because, like, when I learn of the history of, of between them and Haiti, I'm like, I'm not spending my money there. You know, like, you know, friends that are like, oh, want to go to Paris, want to go under the Eiffel Tower, want to do this. I'm like, I'm not spending my money with people that have their, 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 their knee in our necks, you know? Like, if I'm going somewhere, I go Africa, I go Caribbean countries, but I refuse, you know, I, I refuse to spend my money with those people because, like, you know, America and, 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 and the French government, they, they have this, this strong tie for, for, for decades, and, and they can't come together and, 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 and try to, 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 you know, help the country that they helped to destroy, you know, help them to get back on their feet. And they can do it. Like, even the, um, 10 years ago or whatever, if America wanted, trust me, because um, I don't know who said earlier, like, um, the former president that America went and, and, and put him on a plane and take him out of the country. That was the clip that much. I was playing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've always imagined that um, Wycliffe, Wycliffe or whatever his Wycliffe, name is, John. Mm -hmm. would, would be, when he was running for president um, um, that time, like I always thought that he could be the savior for that country and America could help him to get into that position and could help him because he's an American citizen too and could help him to build back that country. But no, they refuse to do it. So they, they, they don't want to help. Wasn't he accused of um, some corruption scheme? They, they keep him hold because they, they know that, they, I think they know that this guy would be the change for that exactly. country. And they don't Maybe want that was to by change. design. That, that's what I'm thinking, Kevra. Maybe it was by design indeed. Because I remember, and I think it happened, was it after the earthquake? That, you know, there was some talk of him possibly running the country. And I remember Clara's day when there, this allegation came out about him, that he was corrupt and I don't know if it's um, money laundering or collecting money and not passing it on to the people. Yeah, a, a whole lot of stuff, right? But here's what I would say to the people who are in Haiti. What you're doing right now is not helping. Turning on each other is not helping helping the gangs you're not helping what you should be doing is seeing how you can put your bright minds together to improve the situation in your country but this killing of innocent people driving people out it's not helping how is it helping and this is something that has been going on for years we turn on each other to no avail. All we're telling the world at large is that, look at us. We don't know how to get along. We are sending the wrong message. We're attacking the wrong people. And I'm not saying you're to attack anyone. I'm not saying that at all. 
But we need to stop and look at what we're doing. And if you're on a hamster's wheel, my people of Haiti, you are on a hamster's wheel. Get off, sit down, have reasoning. You need clarity. And quite frankly, there's nobody guiding or leading anybody. It's as though it's every group or everyone for themselves. And just wreaking havoc. Go ahead, Andre. Go ahead. Yeah, I think what is needed is um, the Caribbean leaders um, come together and see how we can really help fix the situation in Haiti. Um, the United States is not going to fix anything. You know, um, remember the the whole the whole United States is based on on, on control and racism. So uh, don't expect them to help any black nation. You see how how when 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 a white nation um, in turmoil, you see the extent that they will go to to help, right? But when anything go on in Africa, genocide, anything anywhere with any black nation, they they don't help. You know, even if they have a connection. Cause look how close Haiti is um to the united states look how many haitians um live live in the united states so there's a lot of connection but from the u.s government if help we're looking from them to help haiti it's not gonna happen um we as black black people have to come together and figure out how we're gonna help each other like with the situation in haiti um with the gangs and stuff that's just day-to-day living you know um it's going to happen they have to survive um, they they can't see the future right now. They're thinking about today and tomorrow. You know how they're gonna live day to day. That's that that's any place in turmoil. But um, with with with, with no lead, real leaders or anything, I don't know why the Caribbean can't come together and offer um, their brothers and sisters, you know, a way out. Um, look at Trinidad and Venezuela, the, the Trini, them taking in the Venezuela. And even though some people are against it, I think, you know, instead of all the Haitian, them running away, at this might sound so away, instead of all them running away to the U.S., Jamaica is right there. Um, forget about DR, them is our last case. Like, there's there's other places, like, we need to, to offer help, you know, and we are not doing that. And everybody looking to the United States for help. That's the, this is the last place they're going to get help from. Yeah. But Dre, what, what is it that the gap, what are the people wanting? What are they crying out for? What do they leadership, have? A, food. Okay. But okay. And with crying out for leadership, what are the things that they're expecting from leadership? Right? So they need to have a list of things and I hope they do. I hope they do have a laundry list of things that they can say, hey, this is the reason or these are the reasons we are fighting. These are the reasons we are going neck and neck with each other. Every day, it's the fittest of the fit that will survive. This is what's going on. And we need you to hear us. And then we need the leader, and as you pointed out, leaders of the Caribbean, to see to it that these needs are met, especially if they're within good reason. And I don't think asking for necessities, healthcare, education, food, water, proper infrastructure, th those are not wants, those are needs. And how are we going to see to it that these needs are met? What avenues are we going to take? You see, when we have the leaders, 
they, they, they listen to the propaganda spread by the United States. Cause if they have a Castro, you know, there'll be uh, millions of doctors over there already. Um, uh, and if they had the, 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 the money and thing, um, places like Cuba w w would help. So I, I don't know how like Jamaica and these other Caribbean countries, you know, don't offer help, man. Like it doesn't have to be monetary help. Like it can like send doctors over there, um, you know, raise money for them and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, offer leadership. We have good leaders in the Caribbean, like, you know, like. We yeah. need to take matters in our own hands. Like why every time they look into the to the US, like we, you hear the thing, the video a while ago. The track the track history they have is destabilized country. Put mm -hmm. somebody in that that meet their needs. That's how they lead. That's how they get things done. Everybody have to bow to them, and if you don't bow to them, God help you. You know, especially if you're a leader that don't bow to them, they they, they take you out. So you know we, we we have to take matters is one caribbean yeah they need the caribbean needs to rise up if they care ab and here's the thing dre they have to care about haiti and i don't get the feeling that they care i really don't and here's why i'm saying that remember when the haitians showed up in jamaica what did the jamaicans say get them out yeah because <laughs> the bahamians don't want them. the bahamians don't want them there yeah, everybody the, the Dominicans don't want them there. The Puerto Ricans don't want them. Nobody wants the Haitians. What is the problem? Why? That's what Probably, I'm trying to understand. Poverty and voodoo. Just say it out. Poverty, voodoo, and uh, every Caribbean nation is brainwashing to the Christian way. Not, not, not dissing anybody, but you know, I, 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 I think is the what is spread because lot of Haitians are Christian, but what is spread is, you know, it, it, what we see is just poverty, and all we hear is voodoo and wickedness and all these things. So people just brainwash like, okay, we don't want to mess with these people. We don't want to, we don't, we don't, we don't want to be around them or whatever, you know. But when you come to the states and and cause we don't have a lot of interaction with Haitians in Jamaica. When you come to the states, you live in place like Miami and you start interact with Haitians and stuff like that, and you're like, oh. What the foolishness this they spread with, with with these people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I I think is what is seen in the media and uh, out there in the public, and people are just scared to deal with them. Propaganda. You know, propaganda, and, and you know, and yeah, people kind of look down on on, on poverty stricken people. They they do it in Jamaica. Yeah. You know, they look down on people from the ghetto. You know, so um. It have to take some real leadership, you know, to 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 help to help them. Yeah, thank you, um, thank you, Joe. We're gonna take one more comment. I think James, you were gonna say something, and then we have to keep it moving. Yeah, no, I was saying to be fair to the Caribbean, I don't think the Caribbean can help. What America is like the oxygen to all of these countries as a as a a world power, like they have the ability to cut you off and cut off all the resources. So there, there's always, most of the, the conversation that's happening, it's happening behind the scene. When, um, what's his name, Manley, was, was um, having communication with Cuba, America cut, America cut them off, cut it off. Like CIA and, and, and these people behind the scene tracking everything. So I think America does not want Haiti to be restored. Jamaica and other Caribbean country they are helping Haiti. There's a lot of um, there are Jamaican organizations that are in Haiti on the ground every day doing stuff. 
Okay. But I think I think America is comfortable with Haiti being like a charity case. Being mm. a case where doctors without border fly over there and look after some people, some Jamaican charity organization like Food for the Poor, some of the churches there will go over there and they'll build they'll build um you know those poor poor housing and stuff like that and they're comfortable with that. But they don't want them to, to, to build back and to be able to sustain themselves. And that's what I'm saying because because of the history. Because remember, every country on the face of this earth in our lifetime and before were able to come back from being down. Ethiopia, like when we were babies, we were seeing like in Ethiopia, like kids would fly around their mouth and people living in poverty. Ethiopia have been able to come back. You know, Colombia have been able to come back from, from the, 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 the chaos with, with the, 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 the drug trade and, and people dying like every day. Like, you know, the, the, the amount of killings that used to go, go on in Colombia like 20, 30 years ago. A lot of countries in the world, even the Philippines is on the uprise now, have been able to come back. But America will do whatever it takes to make sure that Haiti does not come back. And I don't know, like, if, if people can be so evil for, like, carrying, you know, carrying baggage for someone, for, for a country for, like, over 200 years. Like, the people that fight the revolution dead, them bone rotten. And, and, and disintegrate <laughs> into the into the earth and they still have up the people them you know oh, like it's boy. crazy oh, yeah. all right so we got to keep it moving thank you all for your comments the next story comes to us courtesy of caribbean.loopnews.com second case of monkeypox confirmed in jamaica the Ministry of Health on Sunday said that a second case of monkeypox has been confirmed on the island. In a statement, the ministry said this is another imported case in a male traveler who recently returned to the island from New York. The patient has since been placed in isolation and is in stable condition. The case is also being investigated by health officials and contact tracing is underway. The ministry again reminded Jamaicans of the need to remain vigilant by heightening their adherence to the infection prevention measures for COVID-19, which are effective in limiting the spread of monkeypox, notably frequent hand washing, sanitization, wearing of a mask, and physical distancing. The second case of the virus follows the announcement by WHO on Saturday of the monkeypox outbreak being declared a global health emergency. Our next story, courtesy of the Jamaica Glean, and it's on the sports scene. Jamaica's 4 by 100 meter women push silver medal tally to 10. All right. Jamaica ended the World Athletics Championships with 10 medals, courtesy of its women's 4 by 400 meter team, who mined silver in the final event of the meet at the Hayward Field earlier. The Jamaican team of Candice McLeod, Geneve Russell, Stephanie Ann McPherson, and Cherokee Young clocked three minutes, 20.74 seconds, to finish behind the United States, whose gold medal had the added significance of bringing Alison Felix her 20th World Championships medal. Felix delayed her retirement to run in the heats of the 4x400s. The U.S. Quartet of Talitha Diggs, Abby Steiner, Britton Wilson, and Sidney McLaughlin clocked 3 minutes 17 seconds to claim that gold medal. Finishing behind the Jamaicans were the team of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, who came home 
in three minutes and 22.64 seconds. Who saw the race? Um, the woman's, oh my gosh, the relay with Shelly Ann and Sharika and um, Thompson Hira and the other young lady. The U.S. is bragging about getting that gold. They got it that gold on a fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I'm being a hater right now. I'm hating on the U.S. team. If the handover, if the baton handover was not messed up with that first handover when it was being passed from the person who started the race being handed over to Hero, Jamaica would have got the gold. Sharika closed in on that U.S. girl. A couple more feet, Sharika, the Jamaicans would have taken it. It was that mess up. And I remember watching an interview the day before that race where Shellyan Fraser Price said their strength is not in the relay because they didn't train hard enough for that. So can you imagine if they had trained more or if that handoff was perfectly done? Jamaica would have got it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I'm trying to understand still why um, that sweep that should have happened did not happen. But anyway, let me shut up and be grateful <laughs> and stop being such a sore loser. On the entertainment scene, <laughs> I'm sure Bounty Killer is not too happy right now, but I love me some Aishana. Aishana demands equal rights and act with Bounty Killer prop. Controversial dancehall artist Aishana waded into what some might describe as dangerous territory early Saturday morning as she sat on a life-size cardboard cutout of entertainer Bounty Killer during her performance at Regasome Festival at Catherine Hall Entertainment Complex in Montego Bay, St. James. The DJ, dressed in a see-through, skin-hugging outfit, teased the crowd throughout her set and evoked laughter from the audience with her cardboard cutout act. The action with the cardboard cutout was the climatic moment of her set which many might describe as raunchy she also danced on cardboard cutouts of prime minister andrew holness and minister of health and wellness dr christopher tufton which she used to fire up the crowd for her grand finale with a cutout of bounty killer the cardboard cutout act coincided with aishana's performance of equal rights which tackles the Jamaican taboo topic of oral sex. After throwing the cardboard cut out of the It's Okay dancehall artist on the floor of the stage, she proceeded to sit directly over it. Bounty Killer has been a staunch critic of men who engage in oral sex and highlighted his position in the song Restaurant, also known as Warlord, the DJ has taken offense to what some may deem lesser acts than Aishana's portrayal on festival night one at Sumfest and has responded to several artists who dared to cross his path. It is left to be seen if Aishana has drawn Bounty Killer into her web and how he will react. He is expected to take the reggae Sumfest festival. Let me tell you something. I'm sorry. Well, he took those festival the stage Whew. Aishana she ain't playing with nobody she's doing what she wants to do <laughs> like it or not but um I think dancehall artists need to let go 
of this foolishness, this um, stance that they have with what people do in their bedrooms. Because some of them are doing the very thing in them on a bedroom. And Jamaicans need to stop listening to these dance, dance hall artists and depriving themselves of true sexual gratification. If you're going to listen to the dancehall artist, go and go have sex with the dancehall artist then. That's telling you what to do in your bedrooms. You know what they're doing in their bedroom. They're not telling you what they're doing in the confines of their bedroom, but you're going to bring what they say into your bedroom. Makes no sense. Well. <laughs> go ahead, naturally. I, I, I must say, when Eagle Rise first came out and there was a big backlash, I was the first person that I was like, you know what? Uh, men are being hypocritical when it comes to, um, uh, you know, equal rights and so on and so forth. So I actually made an edit, a clean edit of the song so folks could actually use it. Now, it is my number one viewed video, video I ever posted on on YouTube. Uh, with that said, what she did was totally disrespectful. I don't care what Bond says or anyone else says, you are a professional on an international stage and I think that belittle your career that belittle the event and that belittle your country I, I don't know that was a place and time for doing something like 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 that and guess what you what are you talking about you are talking about that instead of um her performances or our or song because she was she was garbage so yeah mm. I, I, and I'm actually thinking right now deleting the don't song delete that it, don't delete it don't delete on. it on YouTube, she was wrong. It wasn't necessary. Go up there and do your set and and and, and call today. I guarantee she, um, Bounty have done more for Jamaica, more artists and culture than she probably will ever do in her lifetime. And to go on stage on a national platform and disrespect a man like that, I just thought it was an undercoming. Whilst I agree with you on everything you said, naturalist, do you remember the backlash she came under for that song? People did want Donar and Donar career. Yeah, that song, that song is all on. If you are still talking about equal rights, <laughs> your career ain't doing shit for you. That song is that song is old as hell. What what we are the other song we're talking about? She just had a new song with Ed Sharon. Why didn't she don't bring Ed Sharon as a special guest and give us something to really talk about? Right, I see your yeah. point. She because he don't like black women. Who don't like black women? Wasn't he the guy that didn't like black women? Ed Sheeran? When he uses them in his videos? I don't know. Huh, that's interesting. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, no, Javette. Okay, so I got to go back and check. They all look alike to me. So, oh, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> wow. say that. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm awake now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did Ed Sheeran use black people to kick off his career? To kick off his career, um, say he is indebted to black British music scene. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to do some research. I don't think it's him though. Um, Jeff okay, <laughs> I'll go back. I'll about... go back and Google and and do a search. Maybe you're thinking of Sam Smith. Yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah, because I confuse the two sometimes, Sam Smith and Ed Sheeran. So. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it gets worse, right? So, okay, let me shut up. 
but um you made some valid points dj naturalist there's a time and place for everything and when you are given an international stage there's a certain level of professionalism that one must exhibit i totally agree now if she wanted to have the the, the cutouts of the minister of health and and the, the 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 leader of the country as well as bounty killer have them on the stage because you're probably trying to send a message and sing a song or do an act with the with the cutouts standing up and speak to them and what it is that you are against spice did her song um about ensure right ensuring that people can get access to things they need so she was able to spin the whole ensure thing in a positive way and that's a page that aishana could take out of spice's book so back to aishana she could have done a completely different act and sent sent a message a strong message um without being disrespectful without um people looking at her sideways right time and place we have to know how to exercise our power and our position um in a in the right fashion so yes you do raise valid points you, you know why, why it was disrespectful too because when she came out with that song like she and bunty had like some war of words pertaining to that song and bunty killer invited her to to one of his events and he called her up on stage and both of them hug on stage and everything and like he said you know like you know do your thing you know and for her to yeah i i think the, the 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 thing with her like she's very talented but she always seemed to go for shock value and the equal rights song was a very good song was the best the, i think the best song that she have done and she should have been she should have capitalized on that and and allow people to see her talent instead yeah. of like just going for the whole shock value this the, the way like you know chensia did 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 it you know jada kingdom they come with a bit of shock value and then they're like okay we're going to show you our talent now she haven't been able to do that and it's just crazy that like what three years after you do that song you're going to go on like a world stage performing and, and doing you know rubbish like that you know so yeah yeah it it it, it she just wants to be talked about and she's been talked about for the wrong thing not because she's she performed good and not because of her song you know she have a song with ed sharon like people kill for a song like that yeah. and she choose to 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 be talked about for like something cheap like this you know so now yeah. i agree and probably she didn't get clearance for the ed sheeran song because you know you have to get clearance to be able to perform it but you, you she got you, clearance she got she clearance. Did. okay all yeah. right so when you talk about you touched on shensia i was not pleased with shensia's performance i think shensia is at the stage where i should be able to hear her voice properly on stage by that i mean i'm hearing a different person she sounds different to me than she does studio you know you have some people who whether they're in studio or in stage they sound the same or as close to as possible i'm listening to two different people that's my personal opinion wasn't too impressed um yes she's a beautiful person to look at aesthetically yes her cost her outfit looked good on her yes the set was good they had the things on the screen but i was looking for more J just my opinion and our story out of latin america cuba assembly opens door to gay marriage and other family rights
Cuba's National Assembly on Friday approved a sweeping update of its family law, which opens the door to allowing gay marriage, greater women's rights, and increased protections for children, the elderly, and other family members. The new Families Code will be put to a referendum vote on September 25, after being debated in community meetings earlier this year, where organizers said 62% of participants expressed their support. That is relatively low by Cuban standards where the recently passed new constitution was approved with 86% of the vote. Policy proposals in previous referendums have seen support of around 95%. The code promoted love, affection, care, sensitivity, respect for others, and the harmony of our families, Minister of Justice Oscar Manuel Silvera said, presenting the code for the vote at the National Assembly. Opponents to the rule change include many churches. What has been happening is sad because it is going to bring confrontation, said Methodist pastor Henry Nurse. It goes against what has been taught for many generations of years throughout the world about the true traditional marriage that is between a man and a woman, he said. The new code would legalize same-sex marriage in civil unions, allow same-sex couples to adopt children, and promote equal sharing of domestic responsibilities. It will also allow prenuptial agreements and surrogate pregnancies, though not for profit. Parents would have responsibility instead of custody of children and be required to be respectful of the dignity and physical and mental integrity of children and adolescents. Cuba is already a regional front runner in women's rights. Women head up nearly 50% of households and make up 60% of professionals, have free access to abortion, and can claim up to two years' maternity leave. All right. Okay. That's it out of Haiti. Coming up now, we're going to have Believe It or Not news. Alabama man says he's going to put a bullet in President Joe Biden. An Alabama man is behind bars after threatening to assassinate President Joe Biden. John Bezer, a resident of Mobile, Alabama, um, phoned the White House on July 10th at 9.37 p.m. and brazenly told the operator that he was coming to kill Biden. I'm coming to assassinate the president. I can't wait to see your faces when I put a bullet in him, Bezer said during the call. The man continued harassing government officials by visiting Mobile's U.S. Secret Service office and leaving multiple threatening voicemails the weekend before he called the White House a civilian tenant um, in the same building as the local Secret Service reported seeing this man resembling Bezer in the lobby on July 8th. Um, Bezer is claiming that the agency ruined his life. He also called the State Department and the CIA. Uh... Yeah, the 37-year-old has not shied away from his hate for Biden. He urged Facebook friends to sign a petition for Biden's impeachment. So, Ned, I'm going to close your mic for you. Yeah, so, wow. It's funny, though. On a threat, he gets locked up, but when other people make threats, it uh, takes a while, right? Just saying. Um, a Baltimore County woman is accused of shooting her husband, after allegedly molesting children at her daycare. On Thursday, police responded to a man being shot at a hotel in D.C. around 7.40 p.m. Upon arrival, police say Shantiri Weems, and this is the article I have linked at the top, aged 50, 
barricaded herself inside one of the rooms. Court documents say that police arrived at the room and began speaking to Weems through the door. When they asked her to exit the room, Weems said that she wanted to shoot herself. During their discussion, authorities asked Weems was there someone else in the room to which she responded. He is a child molester. The victim then shouted out that he was in the room and had been shot in the head and leg. Police eventually made their way inside the room and detained Weems. During their speech, police found two handguns, one in Weems' purse and the other inside an unlocked safe in the room. The documents showed that Weems made some interesting revelations to authorities while detained. Weems says she and the victim had been married for five years and he is a and she sorry is a daycare owner. On July 20, Weems and her husband met in D.C. when she started to receive calls from parents that the victim molested their children. Weems says the calls made her emotional, so she decided to bring up the allegations to her husband. Weems claims their conversation escalated into an argument. At some point, the victim stood up and walked towards Weems, which prompted her to shoot. Weem reportedly told authorities that she did not want to kill her husband, but paralyze him instead. The husband was taken to a nearby hospital with life-threatening injuries. While the investigation is ongoing, the daycare will remain closed, according to a released statement from Baltimore County Police. Baltimore County detectives are currently monitoring the recent developments in Washington, D.C. due to the sensitive circumstances leading up to the incident. The Baltimore County Police Department continues to support the families impacted. As the investigation moves forward, the daycare facility in Owings, Owings Mills remains closed. Shantiri Weems has been charged with assault with intent to kill and is being held without bond. The next hearing is scheduled for Monday. Let her out. Let her out. So I saw other articles that said that um, she had reported her husband or tried to file a report but he is an officer or a former officer of the law and nobody would listen to her let her out she doesn't need to be behind bars what and he has not been arrested nothing has happened to him was the yeah mm -hmm. let her out please she didn't do anything wrong Sorry. I don't see where she did anything wrong. Hopefully they use uh, mental health to yes. defend her. And on another note, she shot him in the wrong appendage if she wanted to meet him. <laughs> she should have blew his balls off, literally. One at a time. Bang, bang. Yep. Why are they locking her up? Can we have a protest to get her out? Yeah, we need her out. And let me tell you something, Javed. Here's the part that bothers me, right? Had she not come forward or had she not said anything, then she would also have been arrested for allowing this abuse to happen to the children. She couldn't, she, she's between a rock and a hard place. And I choose the rock. What she did. He 
better be grateful he's alive. For the moment. <laughs> I like your PTR, Virginia. Yes, Javette. For the moment. Yeah. But they, I, I'm yet to hear anything being done to him. How dare you come in the daycare and molest the children that I'm entrusted whose care I'm responsible for while they're in my, you know what? A Colorado man pleads guilty to forgery for voting for Donald Trump with missing wife's ballot. Okay. Okay. A Colorado man who was once facing charges for the presumed death of his missing wife has pleaded guilty to voting for Donald Trump on her behalf in the 2020 election. Barry Morphew, who is 53, pleaded guilty to forgery on Thursday and was fined $600. As part of the plea agreement, he will avoid spending time in jail. Morphew, or few, told um, authorities that he wasn't aware it was illegal to vote on behalf of a spouse. He claimed that he thought Trump could use the phone. There it is. There's the vote of fraud. <laughs> in your favor. In his favor. Just because I wanted Trump to win, he told an FBI agent so that according to court documents, I just thought, give him another vote. I figured all these other guys are cheating. Morphew's wife, Suzanne, was reported missing when she didn't return from a bike ride on Mother's Day in 2020. Morphew, who asked for help finding his wife, refused to take a polygraph test following Suzanne's disappearance. He was taken into custody in May of 2021 and charged with first-degree murder and other crimes. Prosecutors dropped the charges in April, right before Morphew was set to stand trial. The case was dismissed without prejudice, leaving the door open for new charges to be filed. District Attorney Linda Stanley said in the filing that investigators need more time to find Suzanne's remains. Susan's body has not been found. <laughs> Sounds about white. Um, yeah. Mm, mm, I don't even. I couldn't even say frackinackle because that didn't even fit this. We need a new word, so Javette. He, he he gets off for voter fraud as well as he gets off for maybe killing yeah. his wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mississippi police chief. Go ahead, so that go ahead. No, I think you said it right. Sounds about white. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> Mississippi police chief fired after audio footage leaked. I shot that N word 119 times. It should be a crime to hold certain positions and be racist. For example, if you're a police chief and caught on a recording bragging about shooting an N-word, you should go to jail. If this were the case, former Mississippi Police Chief Sam Dobbins would be on the other side of those handcuffs. Not only did he blatantly go against the ethics of his police role, but he boasted about his wrongdoings. Dobbins, who is white, was police chief of the predominantly black town of Lexington. He was allegedly caught on tape using racial slurs, as well as bragging about the number of people he shot. 
According to the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting, leaked audio recorded the voice of a white man who claims to have killed more than a dozen people while in the line of duty, including one black individual whom he said he shot over 100 times. I've killed 13 men in my career. Justified. The voice is heard telling another officer in the audio, in my line of duty, I've shot and killed 13 different people. He then detailed one specific shooting that took place in a field. I shot that N-word 119 times, okay? I saved 67 kids in a school. I chased this MF across the field. I got him, and he was DRT, which is dead right there in the field. The vehicle was shot 319 times, but he was hit 119 times by me. The man said he was quickly cleared by the sheriff's office following the shooting and immediately received his gun back, Complex reported. The recording, which also included the use of homophobic slurs, was recorded and provided by Robert Lee Hooker, who is a former Lexington officer. He resigned from the department in June, citing a toxic work environment. He reportedly gave the recording to the civil rights organization Julian. The group's paralegal, Cardell Wright, described the chief's alleged remarks as appalling, racist, hateful, and detrimental to the welfare of the people. This recording proves that the oppressors no longer wear white sheets, but they wear law enforcement uniforms, he told the outlet. Earlier this week, the Lexington Board of Aldermen voted 3-2 to fire Dobbins. When pressed about the number of people he's killed while working as an officer, Dobbins told MCIR he would not discuss the issue. He also denied using racist and homophobic slurs. I don't talk like that, he said. He must have been talking in his sleep when, they have, when the recording was done, folks. Um, yeah. That's what happened. He's not racist and he doesn't use that type of language. He doesn't talk like that. It wasn't me, in the words of Shaggy. It wasn't me. You saw what I wrote in the chat, right? His defense is he used the A and not the ER. So Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. speaking Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't have the right to use either one. So (laughs) Thank you for that, Sonette. Yeah, no right whatsoever. Why do we have white? What is his position? I want to make sure I get his position right. Why do you have white police chiefs in predominantly black neighborhoods? Shouldn't your police force look like your community? Because number for the number one reason... You could be a possible racist, but also you don't understand and you're not willing to get to know the people. Know the community that you police. Get out there, interact with the people, build a relationship with the people so they can trust that you're there for their best interest. Not there to be looking down on them. And I'm sure you have black police officers in your department, so that's what you think about them, that you'd like to shoot them up, probably? Hmm? Police chiefs are either 
in, um, appointed by the mayor or the head of the government there, or they win an election. Hmm. So that's yeah. how they get it, depending on the job. Yeah, you're right, Suna. So possibly elected. Let's say they're elected by the um, community. I don't. That's the. Uh, I, I don't know. You get rid of him, and they need to get rid of um, all police chiefs, all judges, anybody in law enforcement within within the judicial system. Get rid of them. If you find them, weed them out. And I hope he's not going to be able to get his pension benefit either. I hope so. I hope he has lost that. He's He shouldn't be getting that. Taxpayers' money for treating people the way he does? No, he don't deserve that. Dave Chappelle opens for Kevin Hart and Chris Rock show at Madison Square Garden. Dave Chappelle did something on Saturday night that he hasn't done in a very long time. He opened up a comedy show. The often controversial comedian provided the opening set for the Chris Rock and Kevin Hart show at Madison Square Garden. Chappelle surprised the crowd by walking out to Radiohead's Karma Police, cigarette in hand. He was given no formal introduction had to sneak my way in here Chappelle joked despite what you may have read about me in the news i'm okay and i appreciate the support tmz reports that he spoke at length about cancer culture something Chappelle has been passionate about recently he referenced the criticism he's received over his netflix special the closer and noted that he's already spent the money the comedian referenced the Minneapolis venue that recently canceled his performance after facing backlash for booking him. During his 20-minute opener, he touched on getting tackled at the Hollywood Bowl and took issue with media outlets that referred to it as an alleged attack. The incident was caught on video, providing clear proof. He also wished monkeypox on the attacker, but not that she, he should die, but his ass would itch for four to six weeks. Rock and Hart followed with a one-hour set, both mentioning Will Smith. Rock brought up cancel culture and quipped, anyone who says words hurt has never been punched in the face. Once the two closed out their set, they were joined by Chappelle on stage. The three debated over who was the goat, with Hart saying it was Rock. Hart then gifted Rock a goat, and actually goats, wearing gold chains. This is the worst night of this goat's life, Chappelle joked. Oh boy. Marvel releases the official trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Marvel debuts the official trailer on Saturday. The footage made its first appearance at Marvel Studios panel at San Diego Comic Con. The trailer acknowledges the passing of Wakanda's King Chadwick Boseman while looking toward the birth of new life. Director Ryan Coogler says the characters must fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King Charles' death. The trailer begins with a cover of Bob Marley's No Woman No Cry and concludes to the tune of Kendrick Lamar's All Right. Lupita Nyong'o's character is the first on screen. Then Letitia Wright is seen in an all-white outfit and later in tearful scenes on the beach. Bozeman's character Chala is shown as a mural flash-up, while Angela Bassett's character Queen Ramonda delivers an emotional speech. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world, and now my entire family is gone. 
have I not given everything? One question that seems to linger is who will replace Bozeman's character? However, Kugler said it's going to be hard to follow that up, but we will try. Okay. This next one. So, you know, let me read this one first and then I'll save that one for last. So Snoop Dogg's sex assault accuser refiles a lawsuit against him. A woman who formerly accused Snoop Dogg of sexually assaulting her has refiled her lawsuit against the rapper. And I must warn that this may be a sensitive article for some. All right. Um, the unidentified woman is known only as Jane Doe in court documents. She previously accused the Drop It Like It's Hot rapper and his friend Bishop Don Juan of forcing her to have oral sex with them in May 2013 following a concert at Club Heat Ultra Lounge in Anaheim, California. She filed the original lawsuit in February. In March 2022, the plaintiff and her attorney were served with a motion to dismiss the case. The following month, Doe filed paperwork to dismiss the complaint. The lawsuit was refiled this week and contained the same allegations from the previous filings. The woman maintains that Snoop and Don Juan violated the Trafficking Victims Protection Act and the Tom Bain Civil Rights Act. Additionally, Doe, a former employee of Snoop's, says the rapper made threats against her via social media following a private mediation between her and the rapper's legal team. Despite wanting anonymity, she argues the 50-year-old exposed her identity and began harassing her. Doe previously worked as a stage performer at Snoop Concerts and said the ordeal caused her stress, depression, and PTSD, and also relinquished compensation and other employment benefits. A spokesperson for Snoop has called the accusations a shakedown scheme, denying Doe's claims. Jane Doe, is suing for an unspecified amount. But why did she um, have filed for the case to be dismissed in the first place? If she believes in what happened and stands by it, she never should have filed a claim to have it dismissed. She should have followed through. I don't know why she did. But let's see. Now... It's going to make her look a little shaky, right? Because people are going to say, okay, so what happened? You, got, you filed that suit? Follow through. Don't back down. Don't back down, right? Um, so this next story. R. Kelly says problematic sexual behaviors are ex-wife Drea Kelly's fault. Do they have a mental department, a mental um, health department, psych ward in the jail he's in? According to a newly unveiled psychiatric report, R. Kelly is blaming his ex-wife, Drea Kelly, for his deviant sexual behaviors. Uh, Drea, can you get rid of his last name, please? Just dump his last name. At this point, it serves you no justice. A psychiatrist sat with Kelly for several sessions leading up to his 30-year prison sentence, discussing several topics about the singer's past. One revelation no one saw coming was Kelly's belief that Drea was the cause for much of his mishaps. 
One point of contention was Drea wanting to continue pursuing a career in dance, something he says interfered with their marriage. Kelly claimed Drea no longer wanted to be a housewife, ultimately ending the marriage. The disgraced music writer and producer took things a step further by slamming his ex-wife for keeping their children away from him, which he said caused his problematic sexual behaviors. Mr. Kelly stated that his sexual history related to conflict with his ex-wife of, subse of subsequent estrangement from his children. The report stated Drea and Kelly married in 1996 and divorced in 2009. They share 24-year-old Joanne, 22-year-old Jaya, and 20-year-old Robert Kelly Jr. In an Instagram post from 2019, Joanne slammed her father in, in, on Instagram, calling him a monster in light of the abuse allegations against him. I am well aware of who and what he is. I grew up in that house, she wrote at the time. Drea also has detailed abuse at the hands of Kelly. During an appearance on The View, she revealed that Kelly locked her inside a bathroom while pregnant, forcing her to sleep there. The former Hollywood exes star also said she'd been hogtied by Kelly, who left her on the floor restrained as he laid in bed. During the chat with the doctor, Kelly also detailed his own childhood abuse, which was also documented in the report. His attorneys released the psychiatrist's notes to the court before his sentencing, hoping that it would provide leniency. Their tactic clearly did not work. Kelly received the 30 years in federal prison in New York and still faces charges in other states. How do you blame your ex-wife for the reason you do what you did? But we said something a couple of weeks ago. A couple, yeah. Um, the racketeering can't be done by one person. I'm still waiting to hear who the other racketeers are. I need names. I need names. That's what we need to talk about, R. Kelly. You can't blame your ex-wife for your sexual behavior. So... In other words, if I don't have sex with my husband and he goes out there and start having sex with underage people or locking people up or peeing on people, I'm to be blamed for that. Is that, is that what you're saying, right? Um, psych ward one-on-one, -on -one, please. Can we have psych ward to R. Kelly's um, self? Set me free, set me free, set me free. Cause I just want to enjoy my life, yeah. Somebody tell me. Coming up later on on JanoRadio.com. It is all inclusive Mondays, 4 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. Eastern with DJ Trouble. Check him out. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O Radio, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. For quality music while you work or play, make sure you log on to QMZRadio.com. Quality music to take you through your day. Right now I want to enjoy my life. 
Coming up tomorrow on The Rose Solo Show, 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com, QMZRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, FutureFM.net and FutureFM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester and Mount Vernon. It's one of Rose Solo's favorite sisters in Rising Phoenix, CEO of Truth Honey. She will be the special guest. She was featured in the Forbes magazine. Make sure you check out that interview tomorrow night. Gotta say thank you to all our listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me and you're listening to Coffee in Toe World News on the Go. Every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. It's always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me media moments, MI Media Moments, on Instagram at moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. Remember tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, it is Days After Dark. Join us, myself, Rose Solo, Sunette, and Marlon as we talk about cheating. Part two. Yeah, we're going to be answering some questions. How do you know when your partner's cheating? According to Madea, if you think he's cheating, he's cheating. <laughs> we're going to talk about that tonight. So please join us on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, check us out on Clubhouse. Ladies, 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 ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are we are we are online twenty four seven. We 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 hope you enjoyed the show. Bye bye. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and on Clubhouse. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much for your continued support. And thank you for sharing the space, participating in the chat, and lending your voice. Take care, everyone. Going to be signing off on air and on Clubhouse. Closing out the room in three, two, one. Take care, everyone. Be safe.